Good evening, Gabby. Good evening, TC, and welcome all to our weekly podcast, Terry Curran's The Curran View, with the Idler Billsborough, Mr. Terry Curran. And if you're listening free to the first half on either Acast or Spotify, you can follow the links on our socials and access the full podcast via either a Apple or become a Patreon, all the W's dot patreon.com forward slash SRB Media, or follow the podcast on Twitter at Current View, or on Facebook, The Current View, or join the conversation in the group, which has over two, three thousand point two uh, members now. TC, so thanks very much for your support. It's greatly appreciated. Steady away, mate. Yes, uh, no. Well, I'm not steady away today. I've been running about today. I know. Dentist somewhere. I've been obviously at the funeral yesterday. And, so, and you've um, cooked a, a lamb meal as well tonight, haven't you? Yes, I've done a shoulder of lamb tonight for me and Jock. So I've enjoyed that. There are no limits, TC, to your abilities and capabilities. There are no limits to a lot no. of the players this weekend. What have you sourced for the magic moment, son? I have no fear. Whatever, so whatever I do, I have no fear. Absolutely. You either do it well or you fail. One or other. Yeah. There's no in-between for me. What have I, what have I sourced? Well, I again, as usual, there's that many that you could pick from. But I've gone for three this week, Gabby. Yeah. I've gone for three. And Chelsea goalkeeper put in a marvellous performance oh, against... Oh, didn't he just? Yeah, he did. Because he's had a lot of stick. Yes. So, uh, pleased for him, because I, I quite like him. I, you know, there has been mistakes in him, but, you know... Uh, and if you're going to win major trophies, I've always told you you've got to have a good goalkeeper. Yeah. Mount free kick. Yeah. Uh, goal. So uh, that, and then how would you pronounce it? Is it Edward Eduardo? Eduardo at uh, Crystal Palace, the old red kick. I don't know if you saw it, but yeah, Edward. Would be a great goal. The the, the fella that used to play for Celtic. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. A magnificent pass to. Yes. Um, Oh, I thought Wilfred. Chris Thompson played quite well in patches in that game. Well, I'm just trying to find a space to do the podcast. Uh, I've just gone downstairs, TC, and the cat, the rabid kitten, is jumping all around the furniture and has dive-bombed onto the curtains. So I'm going to find myself in Tom's vacant room because he's on night. Yeah, um, Palace. Actually, Palace play is one of my magic moments. I actually really enjoy watching Crystal Palace play. I like Elise, I like Eze. I think Edward is a good player, and Wilfred Zahar. I think he's in the. Uh, I think he's in the form of his life. I think the kid is absolutely fantastic, and I thought last night, especially he, second half, he was tremendous. If he if he added goals to his game, he has this season, gets, hasn't he? You know, yeah. he gets he gets into some great positions. You know. Yeah, he does. You know, he'd be. I mean, he's a top player. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I like him. I do like him. Yeah. He's got everything. Pace. He's not. He's not. He, he isn't. He's not scared. You know, if people catch him, you know, he'll get back up. He'll have a go. Uh, but he just lacks that little bit of finishing touch. Yeah. Uh, at the highest level. When I say at the highest level, but he is a great player. Make no mistake, he's a great player. Do you know what I would do if I was coaching uh, Wilfred Zaha? I'd say be more composed in front of goal. You don't have to break the back of the net. 
just pace and place, what you've always said, Jimmy Greaves, it pace and place. Great goal scorers have that composure in the box, and it's pace and place. He almost, tries to smash it, doesn't he? Almost drives as if I was a football manager, uh, I'd be doing 20 balls after yeah. training. Mm. You know, just pace and place, left foot, right foot, you know, uh, just going in, take your time with it. Don't blast it, you know. You know, when you're further back, you've got to put more pace, you put more power into it. Yeah. You know, when you're 30 or 40, you're well, 30, 35 yards out. Um, I just think he makes the wrong decisions at the wrong time. Yeah, he does. In front of the goals. Yeah. You know what I mean? He'll shoot when I think he should have laid it. Mm. And then when he, uh, and then when he, instead of laying it, he should be shooting. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I do like him. I do like him. Uh, and in that game, the ball, the great ball, but both both two goals were great crosses. Yeah, you know? they were. Yeah, to, you absolutely. Know, to pick players, to pick players out. Yeah. You know, and there's no anybody can do when you, when you've got the regardless what any expert tells me on football. If that ball is perfect, it has nothing to do with people uh, not being picked up. If you look at Ireland. Yeah. His movement in the box. Shearer was saying, all these great players, mm. you know, the movement in the box. I mean, I think Ireland's a better player than Shearer because technically he's got more technical ability than him. Yeah. But the players what score goals, you'll see them they're always pulling off. Mm. So they've met space for themselves. Of course they do. And it's having that player that can find and that's them. Yeah, and that's why they, they don't become managers because they don't see uh, what... what um, Problem is when they're defending and, and how to put it right when you're attacking. Absolutely. I remember uh, doing the interview with uh, with Sniffer, uh, Alan Clark, and he was telling me when he played for Fulham with the great Johnny Ains, and Johnny used to say, you met the run, son, I'll find you. And, and I was talking to, uh, in fact, we've just recorded Book Corner Part 9 with Andy, and our author of the month was Colin Abbott, and Colin was talking to... Um, David Platt, amongst others, for his uh, new 80s Aston Villa book. And, and he was talking about the game uh, against Inter Milan when he scored uh, the second goal for, for Villa. Kent Nielsen scored the first one. He said the ball was put up to um, to Cascarino. And he said, I know that Cascarino wouldn't fight me with his head, but he'd find Sid. And Sid used to say, wherever you are on the pitch, I'll find you. And and he said, what a player. Left foot, right foot, precision passing. I was in, bang, 2-0. And, you know, it, it, football is a simple game. When it's played at its finest, Manchester City do that. Pass and move. Spurs done it. Ipswich used to do it years ago. All the great teams. Pass and move. Pass and move. It ain't difficult. You need good pass what and you good get, movement. Gabby, you'll get, you'll hear it. Uh... Well, I didn't make me run because he didn't pass the ball. Yeah. No, make me run, but don't get off by. Absolutely. And the quality players will find you. Absolutely. 100%. Whether they find you, whether they find it into space where you can run to, yeah. or whether they find you, whether it's perfect for you, you get it, you take it in your stride. Yeah. So good players, the good midfield players, will always find you, and it's having that understanding. Uh, and I'll tell you what happens. I mean, midfield players will look at some of the strikers and well, you can't. He'll not control it. Mm. That's sometimes why they don't play that that ball early. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. So. Yeah, and uh, Bakuna's goal for Birmingham City, I thought it was a tremendous strike from outside the box. Um, they want a good run, your team. 
Yeah, at Hull City. We're going to be talking about Hull <laughs> and the goalposts a little bit By later the way, on. I told Jock and, I, and my brother David, I said, these are eight packs, night to fall this Friday. Yeah. Friday. Yeah, Friday night. We played Hull City on... Uh, Sunday. 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 Sunday at three o'clock. I know you went Saturday. No. Sunday. Nine to four they were. Birmingham are a decent, yeah. a decent price at the moment. John Eustace has done a really good job. And I've always maintained this. If you get a good manager, then you'll see the uh, fruits of, of his labours. When you have a poor manager, you just keep ratting around the same old holes and it just doesn't work. You're putting square pegs in them. And, uh, and, and he's really done a tremendous job. On a budget, he hasn't had a lot of money, but he's been able to bring in players. He's identified the areas that he needs strengthening, and he's done a tremendous job. Birmingham City are a team to watch this season because they've got a good manager. A forward to watch TC this season, Ivan Tony. And I know that you was uh, watching Peppa Pig at the time that I was watching Brentford, but what a sublime goal! Because I did, I did comment, and Janet just posted me the picture of you. But um, I think you've seen it since. But since that goal, he's took some awful abuse from idiots uh, on social media. It's about time. Do you know what I'd like to say about this? Yeah, yeah go on. You know, people go on about these idiots on social media. Yeah. How do we know they're not bots? Well, I mean, we don't. Well, but... I, listen, what they're talking about, clubs now uh, are being fined for controlling the fans. How can you control Man United fans who are going to watch Liverpool game? No, you, you can't. Don't know, Absolutely do you? no, you don't. How do we know these are not bots on that? And listen, you're always going to get idiots, and, it, and if we know the idiots are, stop them going into any near my football, cricket, anywhere. But this 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 particular scumbag that did it has got previous. Um, I believe. Well, why, why is he on? Why why is he on Facebook or or, or um, Twitter? Exactly. Right. Absolutely spot on. Are people what? post. Uh, Factual things get banned off it. I know they do. It's, it's quite ridiculous. I've always said this. If Twitter, Facebook, social media want to block your account, 100% they can. And they this block is, me. Of they course, block me for not, of course no they do. Racist, no swearing, nothing. No, no, no. Posting exactly. This was racist and this was swearing. He's got previous for it. I'm amazed that he's still got a social media account. And these clowns that keep doing that, just block them all. Facebook, me to well, now that owns them all. They've got I the mean, ability I do blame to play, stop them. I do blame players and all, because if anybody gives me any views, yeah. I just block them. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. That's the end of the story. I yeah. just hear from them. Yeah, no, I mean, again, we've all had that because as soon as you open your mouth, you put posts up, someone don't like it and some and somebody can put abusive comments to you. I've had it, you've had it, and I just block yeah. them. But it, it, exactly. is, it is a sad indictment of society that some scumbag, and, and I, I don't even think he was a fan of the team that they were playing against. It just beggars belief that some idiots probably... I mean, you I know, used to drink get some influence. When I was playing, Gabby. Yeah, but I know you, you did. When I went in far yeah. afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were, they, they were great. You, said, you know, we said some bad things about you, but, you know, we're only trying to put you off. Mm, yeah. You know, but everything now gets thrown up. 
everything gets thrown out of proportion, but there is idiots about. Yeah, there is. Sadly, there is. And, and I did post, I, I, I retweeted it and shared it, etc. Um, and I did, I did post up. It's a shame that his dad didn't wear a condom. But there you go. That's another matter, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> uh, I also wouldn't even get involved with him, Gabby. No, I know. It, it that tra- type of person, I would block. If, if I saw something like that, because yeah. you don't know if it's a bot or not at no. the time. So I, if I saw a, a remark like that, I'd just go on. Like it's these adverts. What yeah. I do with these adverts, I go on and I block and I block the adverts because I don't want to keep seeing them. No, absolutely too. But um, Ailes Owens crowd <coughs> when they scored a last minute winning penalty the weekend, it was absolutely fabulous. Getting some great crowds as well, Ailes Owens. I think there was twelve hundred there at the. Um... Oh blimey! I've... Their, their name escapes me. And it's only down the flipping road um, where Ailes Owen play football. Oh, my God. You know, when a, when a, a name of somebody or the name of a, a stadium I know, I just escapes you. But uh, I will remember where the Yelts play by the end of the podcast. Don't you worry about that. Uh, book Corner in association with myfootballbooks.com. TC, Andy from myfootballbooks.com always sends us a recommendation and this week it was Maradona the boy the rebel the god by Guillaume Balagay and also he sends us an on this day uh, and it was 20th of October 1976 a young 15 year old Diego Maradona became the youngest player in Argentina's Premier League he turned out for Argentina's juniors at the age of 15. I mean, what a play. Let's just indulge in Diego Armando Maradona briefly too. For me, the greatest player of my lifetime, Maradona. Well, I'll always go with George Best, but listen, when you you go with him, when you go with uh, Messi Minaldo today, Cruyff, uh, Rivellino, Pele, Pushkas, they were all great players, but I could watch Maradona. I mean, I'm not like Messi English because he's he's Maradona, but only did what anybody else would have done in that position, you know, and if you could get away with it, he, he got away with it. You know what I mean? Yes. But as a yeah, player, yeah. Whoa, he took some stick. I mean, the one about Ronaldo and Messi, they couldn't take the stick he took. No. They could not no. take it. And to do, and to, and to perform like he performed, unbelievable. Yeah, and taking drugs. Yeah. You know, cocaine and that type of thing. Mm. That's got to affect your game, you know. Yeah, I must admit, I've never... The strongest drug I've ever took has been a Nurofen. Um, so I, I can't even comment on stuff like that, but I'm sure it must do. Uh, in terms of the stick that he took, oh, absolutely. Football was a very, very different game back when Maradona He's played. He's got everything, hasn't he? Uh, I, I just think he was the greatest ever. Ability. What was he, five foot five, five foot six? Something five. like that. You know, I mean, there was a... power and technique. I mean, he... If talk about anybody can make a ball talk, he could. Oh, 100%. I remember, the, the, I guess the goal really that, that summed up Diego Maradona for me was the goal that he scored against Belgium in the 86 World Cup finals. can't remember if it was a quarter-final or semi-final game now. I mean, it was a long time ago. But he scored yeah, a goal 
and he was almost like off balance when he shot. And anybody else would have fallen over. But yeah. it was almost as though Maradona thought, I can't fall over because it spoils my goal. And he kept his feet and he wheeled away and um, and just punched the air as he did. I just sort of, And when he first come and played against England at Wembley in 1980, he went on an amazing run, similar to the goal he scored against, uh, against England in 86. He'd done it six years earlier at Wembley. And unfortunately for Maradona, just went the other side of the post at Wembley. So we've yeah. never really seen it again. But if you go on to YouTube and you look at that game, that run on is on there and it was fantastic. And and, and Diego Maradona was just, well, uh, it was just you, a breath of fresh air. When you go on about that that goal, yeah, unbelievable because he is off balance. Yeah, but yeah. The, the goals, the absolutely world, worldy goals, world-class goals, well, I'm looking for a word to, to describe them. You know, I think out of this world. Other people, you know, wouldn't have, could have, couldn't have done it. Couldn't have done it. You know, I mean, I've, I've noticed... Under that, that pressure. I mean, today's a bit different, you know, because they're playing on perfect pitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, they're playing on perfect pitches. No physical. I mean, we're talking about physical challenge, not challenges. Today they get a challenge. You look at some of them were assaults too. I mean, you know, you played in them days. They were they were physical well, assaults. There wasn't challenges. Listen, every, everywhere I go, if I'm with kids, people say, "Why your dad took took some stick?" But he did take some stick. That Maradona. Oh, Christ. He did. They, they took they they took him out waist high. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. But I he, can remember Kenny Swain putting his hand behind his. Over under my neck, the poor me choked me like, you know what I mean? Kenny Clement, I was, Kenny I Clement. I've never seen before. It was Kenny Clement, wasn't it, that, that done that, not Kenny Swine? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so Diego Maradona, the boy, the rebel, the god by Guillaume Balagay. And there's lots of Maradona books and videos, etc. And uh, I, I'm, I'm sure that. That everybody has heard of Diego Maradona, even the young kids, although some of them might not have seen him play live. And you know, there's been a lot of recently in the, in the press about we're going to have first sightings of aliens. We're going to be introduced to aliens. I was introduced to an alien in 1980. His name was Maradona because yeah. he was from another, another planet. planet. Absolutely. Without, without a question of a doubt. That's the only thing. Listen, there is such thing as aliens because there were. What it is, it is these. Scientists what put things out there, yeah, because they could make anything, can't they? Yeah, makes things look like it. I don't know if you believe in them, but if they were aliens, they'd be in touch with us and we'd be in touch with them. Anyway, we were in touch with Diego Maradona and what a player and what a sad miss to uh, to humanity, to football and to society. And, that's, and that was suspicious, his death. Absolutely. I think there's a lot of suspicious things that, that we have absolutely no idea. And defenders had absolutely no idea how to stop him. A wonderful book I want to talk briefly about. Blood on the Crossbar, The Dictatorship World Cup by Reese Richards. And it's a book about the 1978 World Cup, how Argentina got it. And it was the most politicised World Cup ever. It was the junta who was involved at the time when they when they uh, had the World Cup. I think they took control in, in 1976, the year that Maradona started playing. But I was listening to a podcast the other day and it seemed regular and commonplace that that military regimes were 
uh, running countries like Argentina, like Brazil, like Chile. It happened a lot out there in South America. And um, beforehand, the state of, of Argentina was was unbelievable. It was absolute chaos. Inflation was running at... at That's a... what you get when you get these, you know, dictatorships, socialism, communism. Yeah. That's what you get. Mm. You know, they're, they're all good about capitalism. Let's get it for politics. But they're all good about ca- capitalism. Well, socialism and, and, and uh, communism, look at the houses and mansions these lot live in. Yeah, absolutely. You'll you'll get more billionaires they, in communist places. That, yeah. Big houses, big mansions. You yeah. know, it's all it's all crap anyway. Absolutely, TC. But it was a brilliant World Cup, wasn't it? The nineteen seventy eight, oh, yes. the ticker tape, the uh, Aussie Ardiles and brilliant. Absolutely, I told you about uh, yeah, Kempes and Luke Kempes and, and uh, Luke I played and Kempes. That's for my autograph when we played against. Yeah. Them. Yeah, and 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 while that World Cup was on, there was um, th- there was people being tortured not yes. far away from the ground, and they said they could hear the roar of the crowd from the torture chambers, and and this was like nineteen seventy eight, but away from the political side, this is it looks as though it's going to be a great read. The World Cup was a fantastic World Cup for me. I love the opening scenes on ITV. They did, 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 did. And, <laughs> and they had all the, like, the kid that flicked the ball over the back of the neck. And I remember, you know, you can close your eyes now and you can see the ticker tape coming down yeah. from the yeah. 1978 World yeah. Cup final in Buenos Aires. Was, that, was it the midfield player said about Rudy Cole? What had a shot like? I don't know what. Um, what a magnificent free kick. Uh, strike about 55 yards, 40 yards out. Well, it used to be... Uh, Harry Hahn had a brilliant... Because uh, he was a midfield player in, in, yeah, and they Harry brought Harry. him the back and played centre-half, didn't they? Yeah. I think he played in both 74 and 78. But uh, the Dutch, one of the greatest teams not to win a World Cup. And while I'm talking... We've all seen great teams, but I would advise any young player, any young footballer, yeah. and any young man what loves football, just type in uh, 1970 World Cup final, Italy and Brazil, and then don't, and then tell me about how good football is today compared to on bad pictures. Yeah, I mean, I've always said this. I don't think football is better today. Football was better back then. I think you got... <laughs> Again, it's difficult to compare More because ability, yeah, yeah, it's different eras and 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 so on and and what have you. But there's a wonderful book by Aidan Williams, who's part of these football times, uh, called The Neely Men, and it goes back to the World Cups where they the teams didn't win it. So uh, it starts off oh. chapter one. Yeah, it starts off chapter one. Uh, Argentina 1930, Austria 1934, Brazil 50, Hungary 54, and it, and it goes through, and Holland in 74 and 78. And it goes through all the World Cups and looks at the Neely men, the teams that didn't win the World Cup. So it looks a tremendous read. And when, when we do look at the greatest teams that didn't win the World Cup, Holland... 74 and 78 are always up there. And, and Brazil in 82, because they were in our lifetime team. <clears throat> but before that, the um, the great Wunderbar team of uh, of Austria 
were another team and and a, a largely forgotten. And there's a great book about the uh, generation of the Wonder Team, the rise and fall of Austrian's Wonder Team by Joe Araf. And um, we're going to be talking a little bit more about that because I've got a, a strange but true later on. And um, it's a close encounter type of uh, strange but true, but nevertheless fantastic. And third in the trilogy, we always have three, is the current book that I'm reading, Alchemy by Christopher Hull. It's the um, the story of Brian Clough and Peter Taylor at Hartlepool's United. A tremendous yeah, read. I've seen that advertise. It must be on Facebook. It's a great reader. I didn't realise that the, the uh, 1962 when Brian done his, um, his cruise ship there against Berry. Berry. John, yeah. John McGovern, you know, was in the crowd watching it. I was. Um, I went to watch Barnsley play Hartlepool. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I stood aside in dugout where the. Whether you not whether come out now where this guy's middle of the pitch and it was like a downhill. That was always a good pitch. And um I remember saying to Brian Club, sit down and shut up on the back ten. Did he say <laughs> many yeah. up, you know, we're playing for it. Many years after, didn't he say, I remember you. You were a lippy 10-year-old that told me to sit down and shut up. But it goes through Hartlepool and the development of the ports and the shipyards, etc. And it is a fascinating read. <clears throat> and George Hardwick was the manager at Sunderland and, um, and gave, gave Brian the job of managing the uh, the youth team. He'd done very well when he was managing the youth team. he got Colin Todd there, uh, John O'Ware, um, amongst others. And um, and unfortunately, then Hardwick got sacked and, and, and Clough, Clough's time at, at Sunderland finished. But the, the, the boys were saying in the book that Clough changed everything as the youth team manager, you know, Forget about running and and doing all this fitness work. He introduced the ball, and it was uh, it was training that they'd never seen there at at, um, at Sunderland before. But um, he loved. He, he always said, "I was there for three years." Mm. You know, you know that is what you need to control. Yeah, you give that away, you've got a chance of losing the game. Yeah, that's the football. Look after it. Absolutely, and it's, you know, it's not difficult, is it? That is that is the controlling piece of equipment, if you like, in a game of football. It's the football. If you have that, if you're in possession of that, you it don't master, matter who. You can master that. Yes, yeah. control it. Absolutely. Where what's around you, you'll not lose many games. But it doesn't matter who you're playing. If you have that ball, they can't score a goal yeah, against goal, you. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it really is that simple. And if you put <clears throat> that ball in the back of their net more times than they stick it in yours, you win the game of football. So, you know, Cluffy was a man, uh, a football, a, a man that kept football simple and in its simplest form. I think football is the beautiful game. Uh, topics of the week, TC. Um, have you ever heard of sober tents? No. You haven't. Sober tents. Sober tents. Well, I caught up with Alan Hudson because Huddy phoned me up today and, and started talking about these sober tents. If you look on his socials, he's done a, a piece in Hudson's view. And I've loaded it up onto his socials for him. And um, 
I recorded a little bit of uh, 10 minutes or so with Alan Hudson, indulged in sober tense, his thoughts on sober tense, and that lovely little story about the great Bobby Moore as well. I'll have to have a look at it. When we've done it, I'll have a look at it. Well, let's have a, let's have a listen now. So, uh, Alan, yeah. the sober tent, tell me about it. Sober tent or sober tank? Well, it's... Um... I, I was thinking I, I, they were a bit late with this idea. I, I know it's, it's the Arabs that have done it, but I thought they should have introduced it in the in the sixties, in the seventies, and had it for the players really. Because um, I no no one ever believed me, Paul. But on my first uh, on my first ever England trip, uh, it was it was when England used to the headquarters was Hendon Hall. Yeah. And we was at Hendon Hall, and uh, I remember that. I think it was a trip when Bobby Moore told me I'd be playing, and I didn't play. Yeah. And uh, and I and he apologised for me. He said, "Sorry, I said it wasn't your fault." He changed his mind at the last minute. It was that trip, I think. And they had played uh, Ireland, and we got back to the hotel this night. We got back there about midnight. Well, after 11, 11, I don't know what time, whatever. I didn't take much notice because I was disappointed with being told I was playing then, not playing then. And uh, uh, I'm not sure if I was rooming with Summerby. It might have been somewhere like Summerby. And I'm getting ready for bed. And he said, what are you doing? So I said, said, I'm going to bed. He went, no, you you ain't. He said, we're set the phone to ring in a minute. And it was like 5 to 12. And... uh, the phone rang at five to twelve, and he, all right, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. Put the phone down. He said, "Come, we're off." And we went down a fire escape, and uh, there was a big red jag there. And Bobby Moore's sitting in the front of the jag, and we've all piled in the jag. There's five of us in the jag, and we're going driving down an all circular to a party. So this this was what it was like. This was my first England trip, and I thought, so much for Ralph Ramsey, and. You know, he's a disciplinarian and all this. And, and we got to the party and it was, because Bobby at that time had a shares in, he's had a partnership in pubs with a fella called Jimmy Quill. And uh, it was Jimmy Quill's place. And he, I remember him ringing the bell of this, this like pub come house. And 